Welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Linton podcast, coming to you from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee. Be sure and check us out and like us on Facebook and Instagram, and follow us on Telegram, as well as on the website of libertyleadershipandlies.com. You can subscribe to notifications on the website to follow the blog there. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. Again, that is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. Now, on to the episode. Well, we're on my favorite topic this week, liberty. Liberty, rooted in Christianity, is the foundation upon which this, the greatest country on the planet, was founded. Before we get into some of the founding and into the topic of liberty, but kind of related to it, I have to tell the audience something that just happened yesterday. I was honored and humbled this week at breakfast with the men's ministry in my church to provide some words of encouragement and sending off a volunteer by the name of Kendall to go off and defend our liberty. As a veteran, I understand what this young man is about to embark upon. Additionally, this young man's family has a long and rich history of service to our nation in the armed forces. His father, Randy's, uncles, cousins, and grandparents have all served our country. I'm heartened to see that even in the current climate of our great republic, that there are still young men and women willing to sign up to defend liberty against all enemies, foreign and domestic. It was also sad and joyful at the same time. Joyful that our country can still inspire people to serve it. You early listeners to the podcast know of the passion I am filled with to serve my country, even after spending 30 years in uniform. So I feel a kindred spirit or a bond with all those that serve our nation. This kindred spirit or bond is hard to describe to someone who has not served, and it's even harder for those who have not served to understand it. Despite what the current Secretary of Defense and the rest of the Joint Chiefs of Staff may say in order to please the usurpers in Washington, in the Congress, and in the White House, our armed forces do not have a problem with race or privilege or whatever is the key word they're using to divide us this day. These young men and women are the best of us that do not see color in their mission to preserve and protect our Constitution. Leadership in Congress and the Pentagon, which is starting to filter down the chain of command, is muddying the waters to the detriment of the mission. But I am still joyful that there are young people that still see the good in our country, and are willing to put their lives on the line for the principles of our constitutional republic. But part of me is sad because I have witnessed the armed forces being transformed into a petri dish of social experimentation for many years now. This experimentation ebbed and flowed during the course of my 30-year career, much like I imagine it did for others that served and veterans of all ages. But however, right now, it seems like the timeline where this rate of change has been sped up. There are not any leaders left that have the courage to tell the dementia-riddled emperor that he isn't wearing any clothes. In fact, it seems like those that are in leadership positions are encouraging and enabling this transformation of what I believe was the finest armed forces on the planet into warring factions of wokeness. The latest recruiting ads appeal to a person's individuality or their uniqueness or They belong to a special protected class of people rather than the actual purpose of having an armed force. The actual purpose is the defense of our Constitution and the freedoms it guarantees. 
When I was charged with providing leadership training throughout the Navy, which sometimes included our joint partners in the Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, and Coast Guard, I made sure to emphasize that the main mission of each service member in attendance was to kill the enemy and break their stuff. Everything else is secondary. I did it to ensure that they and the people they are charged with leading were ready to completely remove the enemy's ability to wage war on the United States of America. That's the primary mission. Sad to say that I did not see then that there was a more insidious enemy and it was within our ranks. But I pray that this young man is blessed with good leadership, that during the course of his enlistment, that have that as their focus and not the garbage that is rolling downhill from Washington, D.C., and the cabal of people intent on destroying our republic from within. If the current pace of wokeness and weakening of our country's armed forces continues, our actual foreign enemies, those adversaries that are bent on global domination, will not have a tough fight ahead of them. So best wishes for success in the profession of arms, Kendall. Your father, family members, the men's ministry, and I am quite sure our community will pray for you in this season of your life. All right, let's get back to liberty. There's talk swirling all over the country right now about liberty, although it's not being couched in those terms. The usurpers in government at all levels, along with their appointed, unelected bureaucrat sycophants and the bootlickers, as well as big government-enabling media jackals, are pushing two very anti-liberty items all across the Fruited Plains. The first anti-liberty items are the mask mandates. Oh, Dr. Fraudchi and the rest of the cabal at the CDC with Dementia Joe are contemplating mandating masks again. You know, because they worked so well the first time. There are masks that do work to prevent the spread of infection, but that is not what is being mandated. Study after study has stated that common cloth masks are not that effective. Yet what is being pushed? Why? Always ask the why. It's about control. If the only masks that are effective are the high-quality N95 masks, why isn't the government spending lots and lots of money distributing those as freely as they are the now-proven ineffective experimental emergency use authorization jab? Well, it's because it's easy to identify people who are for and who are against tyranny. The easily controlled population versus the liberty-loving population. The scared and the fearful versus the bold. Crowds of people wearing masks, or even the individual driving down the interstate in a convertible car, saw that the other day, what a clown, wearing useless face masks. The government has nothing to fear from those people. They are quite easy to scare and will be quite compliant. Those that are walking around in society maskless, not afraid of the virus with a 99% survival rate, or fearful of mask mandates... Those people will be a problem to the government that enjoys exercising tyrannical control over the population. The meek, timid people that are so afraid of death from a cold virus are too afraid to live as well. These are the people that are too afraid to look into the facts. Too afraid to see the irony of CDC Director Rochelle Walensky's words last week that the people should wear masks again because there is evidence that the Delta variant I'll never understand how Delta is a scarier term than the double mutant variant that was reported in March of this year. Less than five months ago, that term didn't inspire as much fear as the designation of Delta. So anyway, Walensky stated that there is evidence that the Delta variant might be spread as easily 
by vaccinated people. Oh, the irony. And this administration's push to get everybody to wear masks again, as well as to get vaccinated, through spreading fear of how the Delta variant is much more highly contagious than all previous variants. Key word there. Tricky phrase there. They also admit that vaccinated people not only can be infected with the Wuhan flu again, but they can also transmit the virus to vaccinated and unvaccinated people. Those aren't my words either. So I hope this podcast gets flagged somewhere for saying that. Flagged as misinformation because those are the words of the director of the Center for Disease Control. So go ahead, social media and tech giants, start labeling correctly this time that the CDC is spreading misinformation. So what were the key words or the tricky phrase? All other variants. The Wuhan flu, like all influenza viruses, mutates. and They mutate constantly. The human race has not come up with a flu vaccine that works against all variants, but we are about to be mandated to get this experimental one that actually has proven not to work. In fact, the old usurper-in-chief has mandated it for federal employees. Talk about sticking it to your base. This brings that to a whole new level. Most federal employees, who are proponents of big government, therefore they are contributors to the erosion of liberty, Dementia Joe was definitely the big government candidate, as are most liberals or socialists or Democrats. But now Joe is mandating that they all get the experimental jab. Literally and figuratively sticking it to his base. Hopefully this will contribute to a loss of votes for big government proponents, but in a rebellious way, not a physically incapable way, if you know what I mean. But back to the mask mandates, though. What happened to old Dementia Joe's new rule. I know his medical condition might prevent him from remembering his rule that he declared as far back as May of this year. I didn't say it, I declared it. I hope you enjoy that pop culture reference there from the office. But what did he declare? He tweeted out this, quote, the rule is now simple. Get vaccinated or wear a mask until you do. The choice is yours. My, my, how things have changed. Now the CDC and the Surgeon General are saying wear a mask, even if you are vaccinated. Wait, what? Never mind the fallacy of a choice only between two items. Liberty is always a choice in our constitutional republic. The government cannot mandate that I wear a mask or any other medical device against my will. The government also cannot mandate that I take an experimental drug. Pesky things that prevent that are the Nuremberg Code, as well as the Supreme Court decision in John Doe 1 et al. versus Rumsfeld. Please look them up. Just some light reading. I'll even hang them up on the website for your reading pleasure. Before we continue, I would like to pause for a word from a supporter of this podcast. Mrs. A.J. DePriest is the director of Proposal Logic. Proposal Logic is a woman-owned, minority-owned small business located just outside Nashville, Tennessee, serving federal contractors with proposal management and technical writing expertise. Since 2011, AJ has served more than 150 federal contractors on proposals for more than 200 federal agencies. While average win rates for federal proposal developers rest around 35%, AJ finished 2020 with an astounding 100% win rate for her clients. So stop losing conventionally and start winning unconventionally. 
If you are a federal contractor and you are ready to win government contracts, contact AJ at 615-474-2123. Again, that is 615-474-2123. Or you can email her at AJ at ProposalLogic.com. Again, that is AJ at ProposalLogic.com. P-R-O-P-O-S-A-L-O-G-I-C dot com. All right, back to liberty. The other part of this anti-liberty movement by government officials is none other than the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, and his sidekick, the mayor of New York City, de Blasio. You know, I have several family members that live in New York that are intimately familiar with his anti-liberty policies since the outbreak of this pandemic of a virus with a greater than 99% survival rate, I remind you. What you have heard about him is true. He's a narcissist tyrant leading one of the most populous states in our republic, referring to Cuomo here. At the outset of this pandemic, he issued an order in his state that forced nursing homes to accept COVID-19 patients. These facilities are mostly filled with a segment of our population that has the highest death rates if they contract COVID-19. The elderly, the most vulnerable to this virus. It most certainly led to an increase in cases and fatalities. But he will never be held accountable for those actions. Dementia Joe's Department of Justice will no longer investigate those crimes. How convenient is that, right? This is the same DOJ that for a few years was focused on Russia, 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 and salacious rumors of PP tapes. Rumors and innuendo developed by the Clintons was the primary focus of that executive branch department. Oh, let's not forget they were focused on NASCAR garage door rope pulls too. Can't forget that. They sent more agents to investigate that than they did voter integrity violations. And this nursing home debacle had credible evidence, and it was purposely hidden, which was an admission by somebody in Cuomo's inner circle. Wait a minute, though. Isn't that the obstruction of justice stuff they tried to get Orange Man bad on? So, after months of dealing with this, it will no longer be investigated. I hate to say this, but New Yorkers, what did you expect? He is Mario Cuomo's son and Fredo's big brother. He is in the protected class of usurpers. He puts the Teflon Don, mob boss John Gotti, to shame. After all, let's compare the number of deaths each one of those people are responsible for. Cuomo's got him beat by a mile. Will Fredo's big brother come out of it? And the other accusations of sexual harassment clean? I don't know. Because breaking news around lunch yesterday was the report that the New York Attorney General Letitia James's office found that Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women, violating state and federal laws. I'm actually surprised that that report was made public. Plus, isn't this the New York AG still aggressively pursuing Orange Man bad? Maybe the office took the news about Chicago owing former President Trump millions of dollars in overpaid taxes as a sign. That if you dig too deep, you will find that New York State and New York City may end up owing the former president huge sums of money, too. Their face isn't big enough for the amount of egg that will be on it if that happened. But back to the enemy of liberty, Andrew Cuomo. His latest foray into tyranny is attempting to bully private 
businesses to run vaccinated-only establishments. He stated, and I quote, I believe it's in your business interest to run a vaccine-only establishment. Doesn't that sound ominously similar to going to make you an offer you can't refuse? He's also quoted as saying, we have to get into those communities and we have to knock on those doors and we have to convince people and put them in a car and dry them and get that vaccine in their arm. That's the mission, end quote. It reminds me of those movies that have villains in them with vans full of people in ski masks driving around snatching people off the street, which I'm quite sure is his intent or his desire. He loves being a tyrant and unaccountable to the people tyrants. We'll see if he can find his way around the New York State Legislature's removal of his quote-unquote emergency powers. Liberals are quite intrepid in finding ways around the law, you know, though. Now we have Fredo's big brother, Andrew, understudy. The worst mayor in the United States of America. Sorry, Los Angeles, but this guy has you beat by a mile in that category. It's old Warren Wilhelm Jr., or now known as Bill de Blasio. He's like Bernie Sanders' younger sibling or child, if you know what I mean. Cut from the same threadbare socialist cloth. Did you see or hear about what Warren, I mean Bill, said last week? He is quoted as saying, We've got to shake people at this point and say, Come on now. We tried voluntary. We could not have been more kind and compassionate. Free test everywhere you turn. Incentives. Friendly, warm embrace. The voluntary phase is over. We can keep doing those things. I'm not saying shut it down. I'm saying voluntary alone doesn't work. It's time for mandates because it's the only way to protect our people. So much there to unpack and so little time in the day. First, let's take the quote-unquote, we've got to shake people. He's implying grabbing them and shaking them. Physically shaking people. Government-sponsored assault. Then the kind and compassionate statement. This implying he and government have to be the opposite which is mean and unfeeling, which, if you study history, is typical of every tyrannical government. How about the quote-unquote free testing? I love how elected officials and those unelected and appointed bureaucrats and the media pundits throw that word around a lot, free. There is no such thing as free. Somebody is paying for it. If the government is touting something as free, that means they first stole the sweat equity of its constituents to distribute the free thing. Same thing with the incentives bit of his statement. Government offering incentives to people to subject themselves to an experimental drug. It used to be drug companies would do that for clinical trials of their drugs. Now these large pharmaceutical companies have put into place a middleman to do the incentivizing drug trials for for them. And it's a quite willing, tyrannical government. Through the coercive power of government, the electorate has become the test subjects in the clinical trials of an experimental drug. Isn't that just peachy? Now the overt threat from Warren Wilhelm de Blasio. Quote, the voluntary phase is over, unquote. Tyrants just love to use the coercive power of government on their subjects. Again, I ask, what did you expect, New Yorkers? For decades, you have ceded your liberty to government. You have allowed it to be the entity responsible for your health and well-being. 
when you do not want to cooperate, well, they will just use the power and authority you have given them slowly over the years to mandate it. The voluntary phase of your control over your health, your bodies, is over. How far it goes is up to you and people like you in other states around the country that have fell in love with not having to worry about so many personal things that you willingly gave up your personal responsibility to government control. How easy is it to regain control back from your government? Well, history is replete with many examples. It is very hard. So quit being apathetic, not only in your electoral responsibility, but in your personal responsibility. After all, this quote attributed to President Gerald Ford captures this quite eloquently. A government big enough to give you everything you want is a government big enough to take from you everything you have. In wanting government to take away a lot of your responsibilities or to assume powers while you just want to be left alone has allowed tyrants like Cuomo, de Blasio, Whitmer, Newsom, Pelosi, on and on and on, grow comfortable exercising the power of your own lives that you gave up to them. Will it take a fight to get them back? Absolutely. The first fight needed is at the ballot box, though. Vote them all out of government and replace them with people that are dedicated to liberty and the founding principles of our constitutional republic. The liberty-loving people of these United States of America needs to, and with a resounding voice and a resounding vote, put this march towards tyranny right where it belongs, in the trash heap of history. Let's pause for a word from another supporter of this podcast. For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto, located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha, in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and Professional Auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to Professional Auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Roads area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the phone number is 757-962-0102. So isn't it funny that these tyrants, these usurpers of liberty, always reveal themselves here lately? We just need to pay attention to what they say. In times past, I admit it was difficult to discern their true intentions. They were quite adept at hiding behind lies and deception, disguising their true intent, their leanings toward totalitarian government. However, either they are slipping up or they are becoming quite bold in the past few decades. I think it's the latter. They have been emboldened by the apathy of the electorate. The portions of the electorate that just want to be left alone, as well as the portion that willingly abdicates or gives up 
their personal responsibility to a government that promises to take care of them. The firewall between liberty and tyranny has been and always will be we the people by fulfilling the role that our founding fathers intended. So I was doing some reading this past weekend and came across an internet article at the restore-liberty.org website. It was written in May of this year and discusses James Madison and his defense of the Constitution before it was ratified in Federalist 51. Like I have said multiple times on this podcast, this information is out there for everybody to see. We all need to research our founding documents instead of just using the internet to doom scroll news sites or watch cat videos. Don't get me wrong, I do enjoy the random cat or dog video myself, but that is not where we as an electorate should be focused. Again, the lion's share of blame for an apathetic electorate lies directly at the feet of our public, I mean those government schools, and the control the government sector unions like the NEA and AFT exert on them. So it's up to us to educate ourselves now so that we may peaceably restore liberty in our republic. An axiom I like to use during my leadership seminars is this. Not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. Continuous improvement is a process. It's not not a goal. You always have to be reading and studying and learning. Anyway, back to the article. It was titled, If Angels Were to Govern. I found it a great read that I recommend it to all the followers of this podcast and on the website and social media sites. I'll hang it on the website later this morning. It leads off with this quote from Madison. If men were angels, no government would be necessary. If angels were to govern men, neither external nor internal controls on government would be necessary. Before the Constitution was ratified, and while the former colonies were operating under the Articles of Confederation, people were fearful of a return to control by a centralized government. They had just escaped the clutches of the King of England. They did not want the authorities their individual states exercised to be surrendered to a new federal government. They were also fearful that powerful special interest groups or people would dominate the newly created form of government, which, of course, would lead to oppression and a loss of liberty. James Madison, in Federalist 51, assured that the checks and balances built into the Constitution would prevent that from happening. But the people of the time must have been able to see into the future. The checks and balances were not enough to prevent our liberty-protecting government in its early stages from transforming into a states' rights-denying, mask-mandating, forced-vaccination government of today. It's primarily due to two factors, too. The first one being the failure of the states mainly, as well as the individual branches of government, to exercise their authority to restrain each other. The other factor being the two-party political system we have today. With the passage of the 16th Amendment, which is the income tax, a tax that the Founding Fathers left out of the Constitution on purpose, the federal government grew in scope and size that only a progressive income tax system could create. So here's a plug for the Convention of States group. One of their proposed amendments to the Constitution to rein in federal spending is to create a balanced budget amendment. 
forcing the government to live within its means, much like they force us to do every day, while stealing our sweat equity from us. If your state legislature has not passed a resolution supporting a call to convene an Article 5 Convention of States, write your state representatives and encourage them to do so. Let's get back to that income tax. It grew the size of the purse of the federal government, which now they in turn used to addict the states to federal money. So state politicians find it hard to say no to Uncle Sam because it would cost the states funding, which ultimately hurts their chances for re-election. It is always about power and control when it comes to most politicians, to the detriment of their constituents' liberty. Oh, speaking of money and politics, just as I suspected when I discussed the 26 trans-publican state senators here in Tennessee, urging us all to go ahead and take the experimental jab. Nearly every single one of them, or their campaigns, receives money from the jab manufacturers. Isn't that special? And this, and another example of rules for thee and not for me, in regards to liberal politicians, with these reports, widely exaggerated for the most part, about the Delta variant raging across the country and the usurpers contemplating mask mandates, What is happening in the liberal enclave of Martha's Vineyard? Well, the big news out there is that former President Obama is organizing a 60th birthday bash involving nearly 700 people. That's more people than are charged with or arrested for the major trespassing event at the Capitol on January 6th. It really should not be a surprise, though. There are plenty of examples of these type events happening all over the country during this pandemic. We got Governor Newsom in restaurant dining when he locked down everybody else. Pelosi in hair salons. Pelosi not even wearing a mask in the Capitol last week, despite her making it an arrestable offense for staffers and visitors there. The D.C. mayor violating her own mask mandate to officiate a wedding. The packed church for Representative John Lewis's funeral at the height of the pandemic. Meanwhile, while all that was happening, you and I could not visit sick family members in the hospital or have in-person weddings and school children were being taught virtually. Look at the hypocrisy of the tyrants that serve an elected office. We should all collectively use our sick sense of savings over the 4th of July weekend that we got to buy tar and feathers. Before we close the show today, I would like to leave you with this from God's Word. Galatians 5.1 It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I think a lot of churches, for the most part, forgot that passage of Scripture. Many of them set out this pandemic and allowed government to place the people's spiritual health at risk. Many of these churches allowed the government to assume the role of the church in our society. Our God is the God of freedom. We cannot ever forget that, nor the fact that our Lord and Savior sacrificed himself and through our belief in him has set us free. We cannot continue to allow the usurpers in our state capitals and in Washington, D.C. burden us under a yoke of slavery. We must stand firm. Until next week, stand in the arena with me Reveille, 
It's time to wake up. <laughs> 